Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, Kevin Yao Yat is a Waka Waka and South Sea Islander man and current higher degree research student and sessional academic at the Queensland University of Technology. Kevin is a director at the Institute for Collaborative Race Research and is an active member of the Mianjin community, where he enjoys collaborating with other First Nations peoples across academia, activism and the arts. Kevin's also appeared on the latest season of Gogglebox Australia with his partner Bob and their friends Jared and Mia. Kevin performed this story at Melt Festival in Brisbane. Hello, thank you very much for that warm welcome. Uh, full disclaimer, I've been moving this past week and these past three days have been horrible. I've had three removalists cancel on us several times. So if I go ass up, you'll know why. Although it wouldn't be the first time I've been ass up in a room full of queers, so <clears throat> here we are. Uh, hello everyone, uh, my name is Kevin Yaoyi, a Walker Walker and South Sea Islander man, born and raised on the stolen land of the Butchula people in Harvey Bay here in Queensland's southeast. I've been living down here in Minjin, Mianjin for the past 18 years. My partner, Bob Smith, is a Camilleroy man, he's in the audience tonight, and together we've got two boys. One just about to finish grade six and one just about to finish grade seven. So you can imagine the search, internet search history in, in our house. <laughs> He's really interesting. And like, our boys are tech savvy, as most young people are. And I'm like, why don't you delete your search history? I'm like, I'm like saying to their father, at some point I'll just have to tell them, right? I feel awkward for them. I'm like, I have to, I do it all the time to your father, delete. <clears throat> um, and look, we can say anything about the boys because they're not here tonight, so we'll just keep running them down, no jokes. We, we love them dearly, don't send child safety. In 2015, I graduated from my social work degree and having spent four years committed to full-time study, I was more than ready to do some travel and spread my wings. And my cheeks, but mostly my wings. But mostly my wings. Uh, but as a poor uni student, um, I was obviously um, limited to where I could afford to travel, so I knew if I wanted some serious overseas adventures, I'd have to get creative. It was here while creating a wish list of places to go that I remembered an old friend of mine, an old uni friend, once travelled overseas to volunteer. I thought, this is great. Travel, fees paid, contributing to meaningful work. Absolutely, sounds right up my alley. So I started Googling and came across the classic Wallabies Indigenous Exchange program. Its website, Drowning and Green and Gold, often synonymous with Australian sporting teams. I kept clicking away and I found that the Australian Rugby Union team was heavily sponsored in supporting this particular volunteer program. Now, outside of perving on some football players, I'm not overly enthused by the sport, but I kept looking and before I knew it, 
I was applying for an eight-week volunteering stint in South Africa, building sustainable vegetable gardens. Before I knew it, I was off to Nam, Melbourne, where I met eight other deadly black fellas um, for a three-day induction for our time abroad, um, one of whom would become one of my dearest and closest friends. Um, and I was actually just talking to her this morning about this, and she's like, don't fuck it up. I was like, oh, okay, RuPaul. <laughs> So anywhere else, that part wouldn't have landed anywhere. Of course with the queers. Um, After a few weeks um, from our induction, we were off. Well, kinda off from Sydney. Um, I almost missed my flight to South Africa because I thought I'd be a hero and go out the night before. So my friends had to take, literally, take my luggage to the international airport in Sydney and I had friends from the night before drop me off about 10 minutes before the the gates were closing. I quickly rushed in and um, got changed in the international airport. But I was on the plane. South Africa, here I come. Now, I've got to be honest, I don't know the first thing about building uh, a vegetable garden, sustainably or otherwise. But I was just happy that I wasn't learning about Maslow's hierarchy of needs (laughs) and the social determinants of, well, anything. So I was open to it all. And look, just so we're clear, um, I'd never worn steel cap boots before in my life. So you could imagine when I'm posting these pictures on my Facebook, my family loved me and supported me a lot, didn't they? No, no, it was none of that at all. Kevin, what are you doing over there? How'd you get that gig? I'm like, well, I got tricks with my mouth. Um, I mean, I'm a good talker. <clears throat> so here I was in Africa with my, um, my big self and my big steel cap boots um, about to use tools that I'd never knew the name for, and about to embark on this adventure to build sustainable vegetable gardens. This is going to be interesting, I thought, and it was. It didn't take long to learn the ropes. Um, Within a week, the local uh, school community and the broader community were very welcoming and very happy to take us under their wing and teach us the the fundamentals of how to build a a vegetable garden. So me and the other black fellas who were, um, how do we say, green on the tools. Um, Who am I kidding? We were Kermit Green. I didn't know what a hoe was. I mean, I've I've known some hoes. I didn't know what a hoe was. (laughs) So there we were about to um, build these sustainable vegetable gardens. Um, What we quickly learnt um, through that process was that the relationships we built with the local community was as important as the vegetable gardens themselves. After sharing our history of how we both peoples had been oppressed by the apartheid regime, our friendship and our working relationship um, become much more special than that of just a regular volunteer. We had a shared history and a shared understanding, not only of our struggles, but of our survival and our resistance. So once we were able to um, work with the local community and get to know them on a a personal level, it was um, an incredible experience that I'll never forget. Weekends were spent um, exploring our local surroundings. We only stayed about 10 to 15 minutes from Kruger National Park. Um, And Kruger National Park is one of the biggest national parks in Africa. And on our very first trip, on our very first game drive, it's kind of like a safari, but um, sort of just self-directed. And we saw the big five on our very first trip, which is apparently really hard to do and almost impossible. So the big five are the five most dangerous animals in Africa. And we were able to see them on our first trip. Now, I think it was the lion, the leopard, the rhino, the hippo, and the elephant. And most of those are 
really easy to see because it's bigger the fucking house. But, um, but, but, but the leopard was hard, and um, we were able to see that on our first trip. Other weekends, we went trekking through lush bushland, past freshwater creeks and waterfalls. In fact, we actually walked through the same spot where Channel 10's I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here is filmed. It's random, right? I was like, what the fuck? What's going on here? But we were there, we were just, you know, cruising around, chilling. And, um, and look, talking about, talking about random, remember how I told you this volunteer program was sponsored by the Australian Rugby Union team? Well, out of the blue, in the middle of nowhere, in, one day in walks David Pocock, who used to play for the Australian Rugby Union team, and um, he's now um, a politician in Canberra. Has big legs. Does anyone? Yeah, yeah now you remember him. <laughs> So in this random, like we're in the middle of nowhere in Africa, and in walked David Pocock with this uh, film crew about to do some filming. Um, so that was random, and we got to meet him. And um, look, to be completely honest, I didn't know who David was um, before that trip, but I remembered those thighs when he left. <laughs> yeah, and my, my partner isn't here tonight, and I do, and I love you lots. With our time quickly coming to an end, um, a, couple of, um, a couple of volunteers thought we'd spend what little money we had left and we went on a um, hot air balloon ride high in the African sky. We were cruising around and um, what we seen next could only be described as unfucking believable And we're cruising, ar- cruising around on this hot air balloon in Africa and... Um, all of a sudden, we seen two giraffes fighting. And it was in that very moment that I realised I didn't know how the fuck giraffes fought. <laughs> Do any of you know how giraffes fight? No, well, I, I found out that morning. Well, they fight by hurling, yes, hurling, their necks at each other. And the, the pilot, I learned that day that um, someone who drives a hot air balloon is a pilot. Um, the pilot was like, this is incredible, guys. I've, only, I've been doing this job for 10 years and I've never seen this before in my life. I was like, wow, this is incredible, awesome. Photos and now I'm here telling the yarn. Um, and about not even five minutes later, we, we, um, the pilot cruised up a river and then you wouldn't, you can't make this stuff up. We saw um, there was this big old tree and it was half in the river, half um, on the land. And the tree and the, the, the branches were really shaking. And we're like, oh, something's down there. What's that? And then out of nowhere, like um, a hippo come to the surface of the river. And then we literally followed this hippo as it cruised upstream. I was like, I'm like, fuck, this is like Aladdin. I feel like Aladdin. <laughs> a whole new world. Um... It was incredible, it was incredible. And just like that, our eight weeks had come and gone. The vegetable gardens were fully built. 36 vegetable gardens, in fact. Everything grown in those vegetable gardens would go into the local school tuck shop program. Um, As we know, it's very hard to concentrate if you've got an empty belly. So the vegetables and the fruit grown from those vegetable gardens went directly straight into the school. Um, Anything extra was then sold by the school to the local community to generate um, revenue for the school. But also, it was selling cheap produce to the locals as well. So it was win, win and win. Um, as I reflect back on my time in South Africa, um, all of it, almost missing the plane, seeing David Pocock, um, seeing those giraffes, um, seeing the big five, didn't know what they were before I got there, uh, was an absolute incredible experience in my life. And I look back on uh, my time volunteering over there as one of the proudest moments of my life. Um, Talking Black on SBS, ended up doing a story on it. And um, one of the biggest things that I took from that is that um, one, of the, one of the people that I met on that trip is one of my closest friends. I don't know why I'm crying. I'm not telling her that, I'm go- that I 
almost cried talking about her. Um, but it was the most uh, exceptional experience of my life and um, I would um, really encourage anyone who thought about volunteering to do exactly that. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out Queer Stories on Patreon, where you can support the project for as little as $1 per month. Follow Queer Stories on Facebook for news and event updates. And follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter and Instagram. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.